So we looked at if you a relationship is a result of your behavior and your behavior is a result of the practices and the habits that you you um, use, that you have. Um, and so then we looked at attitudes. So your attitude to dating and relationships is going to affect how enthusiastic you are, how much activity that you do and how and the quality that you um, bring to that. So having a more positive attitude about dating relationships means that you activate more of the best in other people. It means that you meet the people who are more attractive and more um, not attractive in a physical sense, but more attractive as in they have the qualities that uh, create a more attractive relationship. Um, So we talked about personal narrative being the way that you rise, you uh, improve your attitude. Um, We talked about all relationships create create problems. So you may have problems initially in the start of dating. um, And when you master that skill, then you're going to have a problem somewhere later. There is always going to be a problem of problems. It's, we um, talked in the breakout group about, um, the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset and where um, knowing that problems are something that you can resolve if you change what you do and life works out. And the model that we have is going to determine the problems that we face. And adjusting the model that we have can prevent or resolve the problems along the way. We then looked at skills um, what abilities do we need to develop, improve in order to um, have better dating, dating experience and relationship experience? About what, act, what relationship next year, what difference can you do to improve um, the, your knowledge, skills and confidence in terms of dating and relationships? And... Um, so, so what action can you take to have better relationships? So, um, we cover the, quite a lot of things. Um, and if you follow through these, if you're listening to the recording now, if you follow through and ask those questions of yourself, then, um, you, um, can come up with an action plan for 2021. Um, in 2021, I'm, um, launching the relational mastery system. And a relational mastery system is the habits, the practices, the process to um, dating. And how do you have the confidence? How do you have the mind positive that results in um, better relationships? How do you have the dating skills to and the um, how do you choose your partner? Um, and then how, when you've met someone, how do you develop the relationship? How do you build the relationship that has less friction? Welcome to Honest Talk about heartbreak, dating, and relationships. Relationships. The podcast helping you navigate your path to happy ever after with your host, Rob McPhillips. Okay, so uh, today we're today we're not going to have too much discussion. It's going to be more of a planning um, session, or a session for you to really think about what can you do next year to um, 
put your relationships in, in the best uh, position that they can be. So um, I've got some questions to run through. Um, and so we're going to run through those questions and mostly talk about them in the breakout rooms. And, and then we can come back and um, we can just get uh, a couple of things from everyone. But we've got four questions. Um, so that's going to take up quite a bit of time. Um, for the sake of if you're listening to this and you're not actually here, um, then this is really, again, for you, these are questions for you to think about, because what can you do next year to make you put your relationships in the best position that, that you can? So um, for anyone who's new here, um, what we do in the main room here where we are now, uh, the discussion is recorded. Um, and so you can listen back on any of the past meetups that we've had. Um, the discussion that you have in the breakout rooms is private. Um, okay, so um, before we actually get started with that, I'm just interested to know whether you put in a chat or whether you want to share it here. What, um, who has an interesting New Year's resolution? Um, in our room, we actually don't have New Year's resolutions. What we do is uh, lifelong changes instead because people don't really stick to New Year's resolutions. It's just a bit short-termism, a bit like a spur-of-the-moment thing. People kind of go, uh, I'm going to do everything because I'm fed up with something. So it's a knee-jerk reaction to a problem. It's not a realistic expectation. You're all hyped up, so you set yourself impossible goals and then you just set yourself up for failure. So instead, what we say is, I want to change my life for better, I'm going to do this. Which comes back to what you were saying about relationships as well. Oh yeah, I'm going to find a new partner next year. It's kind of unrealistic. I mean, life doesn't owe you a partner. Uh, so it's not like you're going to necessarily find some, but you can by all means put things into a thing, but you've got to look at yourself, you've got to change yourself, you've got to be more uh, likable, I suppose, or somebody that, uh, or, or put things into perspective or put things into operation so that you can go and find someone, but not because it's a New Year's resolution. Anyway, um, very wise and perfect setup for for this evening. Um, okay, uh, so if unless anyone else has any interesting different points, well, um, mine is not I'm going. Sorry, I don't know if mine is really interesting, but it's short term. It's twenty twenty one. I'm sure it's interesting. We're all, we're all, we're all interested, aren't we? It's interesting for me. Well, <laughs> resolve my lingering marriage. Finalize what it will become. No marriage and, and move on. The new singleton me for 2021. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Close that chapter. Yeah, that's, that sounds like, I think, once you've come to a decision, um, it's, you, you know, there's always a natural delay because to that it's hard to make that jump. Um, but, yeah, if you've decided, then that's it's time to act. 
Yeah, um, and and it and it is going to be hard because I am giving up thirty four years of marriage and all that entails. It means I'm starting all over. So I've got to be, I've got to have a very strong spine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we're, well, I'm sure that you'll do it and you'll, you'll be fine. Oh, I'm stubborn and I don't give in. So I will be fine. I know I am making sure that I'll be fine. You better believe I will be fine because I think, think what this has also this group has helped me to do is not to waver because I was more or less resolved I knew that that was what I wanted to do but it's more of how you think of yourself and your place in what's about to happen and how you um develop a plan of action that you can stick to because you know there's an outcome that you're, 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 you're sort of, um, you can, you can have, you have a clearer vision of, that's the better word, as the end game. Yeah. So thank you very much. <laughs> okay. And that leads us perfectly to the first question. So there's actually five questions we're going to ask. And the first one is, what is your vision for your relationship in next year? So you've got an ultimate vision of what you want your relationship to be. And then as, as I always said, um, what is like, what is the step? So um, we all want, I think we all want this perfect relationship and, and whatever, but there, there is sometimes things that we have to put in place um, because it's not just about meeting someone and then everything being magical. It's about, it, you have to have the foundations for you. You have to have the foundations for the relationship. Um, so what, what is the, what would you like this time next year? What would you like to have achieved in in terms of relationship um so i'm gonna ask that question and we'll go to the breakout rooms and this will be a shorter one so if we go for six minutes i think that gives most groups two minutes per person so if you if you can kind of go for two minutes each um, when you get a link to come back, don't come straight back. Let it kick you out, and you've still got a minute from when that, when you get that um, warning. Oh, you frozen! Is Rob it? is frozen. He's an ice cube. He is gone. So, anybody in terms of um, relationships, or what, what has anyone got any plans? Yeah, I have. Can I just share quickly what my well plan done. is so I can get it out of the way? Yeah, so um, good to see everyone today. I'm not as feisty as I was last week. I've chilled out a bit. You, you'd good. be happy to know. Yeah, much and more chilled. I've got all of that out way now. I'm chilled, really, really chilled now. So, <clears throat> um, and thanks for being so patient with me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I've just got a job in a forest school, which has been a bit of a dream of mine to 
to sort of work in alternative education because I don't actually believe mainstream education is always good for every child. I would really love to meet my partner in that kind of environment where we have a common goal, like a partnership, not like we fall in love and can't live without each other, that kind of stuff, but a real partnership and a common a deeper, like, meaningful yeah common values and a vision of because this has been my vision for about 15 years of building an eco um art therapy cabin in the forest to help children that have gone through trauma and for people in addiction that need to rehabilitate you know for families and children mm-hmm. and um yes yeah, so this is my vision you see I'm and just have a shared vision, shared goal, shared purpose in life. Yeah, that, and then so preferably he he would be quite good at building because I'm good at I'm good at designing. So I would be the designer, and preferably he could build the house so we could work yeah. together. That would be awesome. That would be that's my dream. Yeah. Will his name be Bob? Um, Bob the builder. No, he's. I think his name's going to be like Bill, not Bob. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. I'm just checking. Just want to make sure. That's all. Okay, great, excellent. <laughs> Sarah, that is a really good uh, way that you've just described uh, what you're looking for. That you should have a shared purpose and goals and values. That's really good. I hope you find. I hope you find. Oh, that Betty, it's so nice to hear your voice. I didn't know you were in in the. I didn't know you were here today. Lovely to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Thank you. Has anyone else got anything to add? Sorry, I just joined. I'm not sure what you were supposed to discuss. Uh, well, what we were um, uh, saying was uh, uh, if we could decide for next year, uh, where would we like to be by end of, well, this time next year, uh, in terms of relationships? Not so much as a New Year's resolution, but, you know, ideal situation. What will be, hopefully? Find my life partner, an amazing guy. <laughs> you know what? Nobody else said that. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, is that, is that, uh, do you think that within a year? That, 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 you'll do that within a year? I don't know. I guess like my learning now is how do how do you be how are how do you how do you enjoy the journey while you wait for someone who is absolutely amazing because I'm not going to settle for anything else that is Yes, absolutely um, amazing anymore. I'm done. Yeah. So I'm me first this time. You have to be able to enjoy the ups and the downs of the roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm just hoping to make friends by this time next year. Um, I mean, obviously, I'd love to find somebody. I, I will kind of go, wow, you know, this is it. But uh, I am being careful not to set myself any unrealistic expectations because then I'm setting myself up for failure and it's just disappointment. So. If I can meet a couple of people and have one or two good friends, that's, you know, I've done anything about that, is icing on the cake. I am looking for fun. If you, you are wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> when, when are you in London? Let's go salsa dance. Oh, just tell me and I'll be there. Fun, mm. fun, fun. When's, 
Wednesday nights and Friday nights. <laughs> salsa dancing in North London. Oh, I've got to get home. I'm sorry. It has to be in the day. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. But, but it's a really uh, nice family atmosphere. Yeah, but you see, I'm at the stage where I think um, having lists can. Yeah, you know what? On one hand, you it's good to know what you want, but I don't want to create a list that I am going to be checking boxes um, against somebody because they may be quite different, but yet still they're the best fit for me. I am not looking for a husband. Um, I'm looking for somebody who compliments me, enables me to be my whole self, including all of my craziness. You either love it or you hate it. Uh, <laughs> and who is not threatened by my independence. So that's going to be a hard sell, I, I'm sure. Um, and as I said in my group, I am not going to be a domestic goddess again, been there, done that. So um, I don't want any projects. I'm not, I, as I said, fun. I want somebody who is independent, is uh, secure in themselves and is willing to share, share and give up. I am will, I'm willing to do that. So that's what I'm looking for. And I know it won't happen in a year, but at least let the chase begin. Oh. You're not interested in last week's uh, medallion man that I was describing them. What? You're not interested in the medallion man I was describing last last week. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> white, white belt and white shoes and medallion on the chest. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not me. Is that is that what you're wearing next week, Irel? <laughs> yeah, with the short hanging out, you know. <laughs> We'll look forward to it. Um, I disappeared. Um, it seems to be a, a couple of people seem to be having trouble with internet and I just completely lost my internet. Um, but I'm back. So I missed some of it. Um, I, I did catch uh, Andrea. Um, and I think in terms of a relationship, there are elements of the relationship that's out of your control. Um, and so that's why I think... Uh, what er Errol is saying is that, um, like, to to want the relationship next year is is sort of a wish, and it's not that you can't have the relationship, but it's like it, it takes time to get to know someone, um, and in that time, you don't know like the first, the third, or the tenth person that you date is going to be the one that's right for you, that has integrity, that's. Um, has the right qualities and all of that takes time so when you're um see i see a lot of people worrying about red flags and they're all like oh what is this red flag is this a red flag and i think when you're dating everything is like a piece of the jigsaw it's like one data point it doesn't mean anything more than that it's one piece of the jigsaw so you keep it in mind um, and then when you have enough pieces you can make the puzzle but a lot of people are when when they're overly anxious and, and fixated on red flags, they're taking one piece of the jigsaw and then trying to make the, see the picture from that piece. So it's when you have a number of data points, and so you could be 
perfectly ready for a relationship. You could date someone, but you, the first couple that you, you date might not be the right. They might not have integrity. They might not have the qualities that will make the long-term relationship. And so those ups and downs affect people that, and that's when people give up. Now, the, there's a graph, um, like the change curve and how the change curve goes is it initially goes down in anything. And then eventually it goes up. And so what happens is when it dips, people get despondent and that's when they give up and then they stop, start with dating. So if you um, put everything right, like you get in the right state, you choose the right partner and you know how to build the right relationship, then it's just a matter of time. So it's the velocity of your interactions so how much action you're taking, how many messages, how many dates you're having, how many people that you're getting to talk to, times the quality, like the how ready you are for that relationship, the quality of your messaging, the, uh, your, the ability, the quality of your ability to pick the right partner and your quality to build the right relationship. And so with your outcome, just the facts of how many, what access we have to single people and knowing um, what you're doing, like knowing how you build a relationship, um, that is, that's with those things, you know that the potential lies there to have the relationship. And so you may have uh, one or two full starts where it's like, you think it's going to be this person and then it turns out not to be. So if you focus on the end result and then you focus on the practices that are going to get you there, then you know, it's just a matter of when you see people look too early and they look too much on the other person. If as long as you're like you have the relationship skills and you have the confidence and you have the knowledge, then you can always have the relationship. You can't have it necessarily in the time scale that you want because you don't have control because you don't know someone. It takes like three months, six months, a year to get to know if they are the person. And so jumping too early, like I want everything settled next year. Maybe you can't, maybe, but some of that is if you, if you're going to date, say 10 people and it's one of them, 10, it could be the first 10, it could be the 10th person. Um, so, so that so you don't get to determine the sequence and you don't know how long it's going to take you to find that person out, like whether it's three months, six months or a couple of dates. Um, so um, I'm talking about dating sites. I'm talking about the process. I am predominantly talking about dating sites, but um, wherever you meet someone from, um, it, it's regardless. Um, and you could meet them offline, uh, wherever. Um, but it's still, you still don't know if they're the person to, that's going to be right in a relationship. You might know someone from work for six months, but you don't necessarily know how they're going to interact with you, what they're going to be like in a domestic relationship. Rob, when, when um, do you think you can say that you, you 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 can know somebody? Because, you know, when you meet people, they put on a mask, don't they? 
so you don't see the real person. And like you said, there's red flags, but people but people are quite good at masking who they really are. Definitely, um, which is why I think um, you take you take your time. Um, yeah, because I think I think it's like you said last week. Unless you've given them the opportunity to hurt you, you don't know that somebody will or won't hurt you. So unless you've seen somebody in, in an adverse situation and the shits hit the fan, as it were, how do you know how they'll react? Because if it's all nicey nicey, then it's very easy for them to keep the mask on. How do you see yeah, the real person, definitely. their real character? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, Sasha's got a hand up and. Uh, I think she's going to refer to Stan Tatkin or where I was going to go. But anyway, Sasha? Um, yeah, I wanted to make another point about what you'd said earlier about the red flags, but yeah, just to answer what Betty was saying, um, it's it depends on their values and where they're heading with their life and what the, how they want to build themselves. Um, and if they, they're working on their own self-development... <clears throat> And then after that, it would be to see them in certain situations, to find out from close relatives and friends what they're really like, and not to be afraid to ask these questions about the person's character. Um, and I just wanted to add what you said before with the red flags, Rob, is that um, I think some some red flags are not right for some people, but if if say I saw a red flag in someone, for example, and I thought that A, I could work with that and help them develop if they were already on their own self-development, it wouldn't really be an issue, if that makes sense. Um, it, it does. There, there is um, sometimes... I mean, I mean, everything is individual, and so we can't make blanket rules. But what we can say is that often people will talk about being on self-development and often people will talk about wanting to change, um, but it's more for effect. But I think that actual... as well, though, throughout with the relationship, if you're sort of keeping your eyes open yeah. and you're keeping a little bit of distance. Yeah. Not diving uh, straight in. I think that becomes apparent regardless. Yeah. Um, I just think that talk is cheap. When you say ask them questions, it's like Rob's just saying, people can say stuff like they're going to do something and they don't do it. So I think rather than ask them questions or ask their friends or relatives, it's a case of looking at what their actual actions are because their actions speak louder than their words. Because people can say yeah. anything, they can and they do. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I think I, why I went to, I thought Sasha was going to mention, Stan, I think Stan Tatkin talks about you wait until you pass the um, like lust phase. So you're not thinking, you're not clouded. Um, yeah, sorry, what was that name? Um, so Stan Tatkin, we did, we did, we did uh, one of the meetups was about it. Um, and it's, it's really Initially, like the thrill of the romance is you're going to have you're going to have a clouded perception of that person, um, and once that initial thrill dies down, then you're better able to judge. But also, just, like you say, people can I just people say something people about present that? themselves. Yeah, just one second. People present themselves in a certain way, and you don't know if that's true or not for some time. Sorry, Sarah. 
No, not a problem. Sorry if I interrupted. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, last week was really interesting. We talked a lot about biology and how it men and women might be or might not be different. And um, so if, if I take the female, the archetypal female, the biology, the chemistry, women attach that much more deeply when they've had sex. So if you, if you, if you date and have sex on the like third date, then to me, that means you've attached in your perspe- perception, maybe, I'm not going to say will be, but maybe like, like maybe obscured because you can't really see what that person's actions are when you've had sex because all the brain chemistry changes. Also, I believe that red flags are pertinent, not to put someone down or to judge someone, but to have a list of red flags and green flags, not just focus on the negative, but to have a list of things that are is really excellent partnership material is to focus on what is good material, not necessarily just the red flags, and also to have a list of bottom lines. So a bottom line for me would be if a man was abusive to me, swore at me, put me down, that would be an instant no-no. That would be not only a red flag, but a bottom line. That would be... So I think to be aware of these things is absolutely crucial. This is what I think. Mm. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it. I think it is. It is all really being conscious, um, and I think it. I, so there are lots of people that would say that you shouldn't sleep with someone too early, um, and I think you're going to be waiting a long time before you really know anyone. Um, and so, what I think can also be an issue is where people um, are very reluctant to sleep with anyone until there is. Um, like something that they see as a deep relationship and sometimes they can um like be craving sex but and project that onto the person um and so it's just to be aware of whatever's clouding your vision whether it's attaching to someone too much or wanting company and intimacy um with someone um and so it's being aware of your personal drivers and how that's clouding your vision. And sometimes you won't get that for a while. Sandra? Uh, Just building on what uh, Betty said earlier, um, the issue of questions and asking questions. I think uh, when we are early in a relationship, we tend to go into a bubble and exclude um, our friends to a large extent and we focus on each other. But I think that's the period when we really should be seeing each other in different um, circumstances. And that helps us to get the clues that we're looking for in a more um, honest way than asking direct, direct questions. Um, in many respects, just being out with friends in different, um, you know, in different in, in different um, situations, we do start to build a picture of that person, how they will react to different um, situations. And that can help us along with, of course, a few um careful observations from friends, et cetera. And and it helps you to build a picture, in other words. I think using being alert, um, exposing both yourself and the the person 
to different situations and seeing how they react and also how you react to them because it's not just about them it's also how you react to them doing whatever it is they are how they are reacting at the same time yeah i agree with what sandra's saying i think it's definitely a good idea to uh see how they react not just to you but to other people because with you they can carry on putting on that that performance but when they're with other people uh, that's not so easy yeah definitely yeah C can i can just I speak what, oh, what sarah sorry. was saying about having a uh, uh not just red flags but green flags as well i think that's a really good point yeah not to paint the not to paint the red flags green just to, to see it for what it is but um i just wanted to make the point because i work in nature i work in a forest school right and i think nature is a really big teacher of like open systems open system relationships are based on the open system in ecology um the ecosystems where lots of things feed in to one system that makes it replenished and healthy so for instance i'll give you a specific example if i was in a relationship where i was in a little bubble because that looks romantic but actually is really not good it's unhealthy um so things like you know hobbies friendships other friends education learning developing these this is an open system where lots of things feed into that potential relationship that's a healthy open system if you've got a closed system it's like it's like basically a bubble and you run out of oxygen and it will not last this is what i truly believe in what i've experienced yeah i think that's that's a very good point and um just i don't i don't want um it to look like you have to be paranoid about who you, you get into a relationship with i think what like sarah was saying um what it's all about really is because pe people can often fixate on the relationship and it's not really about the relationship it's about your life it's about you live your life in the way that the best way that it is enjoy your life in the in the way that you can most like making the most of your opportunities in your life and then someone fits in along that um and so then it, if you're happy with your life and everything's going well and you're feeling positive then the ups and downs of romance are you're you're much more resilient to them whereas if you're if you feel like you need so, so the big problem that people have is they feel that they need the relationship for their life live your life really well and the relate and and do everything well like live with honor live um be kind have good relationships with everyone and as part of that the relationship will come along and it might not come first second whatever but you just it's maximizing your life the quality of life so um we're sasha quickly and then we're gonna, gonna go to a breakout room sorry sasha going in going into dating i think it's healthy to go in um without complete being skeptical so being aware that there is the right man out there for you and there is good men out there but also with an appropriate amount of caution so i think it's about finding the balance between the two 
yeah, it's it's there's everyone. There's everyone out there. Um, and what you're doing is not trying to make a relationship, uh, not trying to impress someone, but living your life and putting people into the boxes. Yes, no, um, you know, w- whatever box th- there are. Um, and then that's part of it. Um, okay, so we, we've run on a bit. So I want to go to the first breakout room, which is about attitude. Um, okay, so this whole thing of, of living your life is like when you're really happy, you see the best of life. When you're really down and despairing, everything is hard. Everything seems bad. And so the problem in a lot of relationships might not be the relationship, might not be the partner, but it might be that you're feeling bad. And so people who are like someone who's really um, depressed is going to look at everything their partner does and blame them. And it may, it may not be, of course, there is, sometimes there is cause, but it may not actually be a problem with the partner. It may be a problem that they're feeling bad. And then when we feel bad, we come up with a story of why we're feeling bad. So on a scale of one to 10, so if one is like I despair of dating, um, I dread it, I don't want to send messages, I don't want to I, you know, put myself out there, to 10, like I feel great, this is going to be fun, I'm going to have so much fun, um, I, I can't wait to, to get to meet new people. Where would you score yourself? And so if you just take a moment um, uh, where you would score yourself and then we're going to go to the breakout rooms. So that one, uh, can, one again... What, so one is really bad, like I despair of dating, I hate it. Oh, do I have to go on that dating site? Do I have to go out? Oh, do I have to meet people? I don't really don't want to do it. Ten is like, yeah, they, they bring it on. Okay. Uh, so let's see. We If we go for 10 minutes. And again, uh, don't come straight back. Uh, wait till you get kicked out. Right, uh, Maddie. So you're having problems. Do you want to stay here, or or do you want to try again? Okay, so um, Maddie, if you just think about where you are um, and how that affects in terms of how you show up in terms of meeting someone, and and I'm guessing from from what you said in the chat, that you're not a fan of dating sites and maybe you're looking other places. Yeah, correct. Okay. Okay, so so then um, it may be the... Um, so is that because you feel really bad about dating sites? Like you're really uh, unhappy being on them? Yeah, yeah. They, I, I think all okay. my anxieties come up. So yeah, I'll sit. I'll sit on. I'll, I'll sit out and uh, listen when you get back to the main room. Yeah. Hi, Rue. Hiya, hiya. How are you? Oh, I'm just triple zooming, Rob. It does my nutting. I've just had someone <laughs> grab my heart. I said I've, I've got something at seven, so that's just only just finished. It was supposed to be half an hour. That was some anyway. And I'm just doing my last 30 minute life drawing and then I'll, okay. and then you'll have my undivided attention. 
Okay, good. We'll leave you to your drawing then. Yeah, I'm just, I'm here in the background. I'll go on mute. Okay. Um, so, so Maddie, so it's um, like in terms of anxiety then, it's, mm. it, um, so what would it take for you to be comfortable on a dating site? Because it's not that I'm particularly selling dating sites. It's just easier. Um, and I think that's probably the easiest way. I mean, there are other ways, um, but you don't have the same pool of people. I, I like the I like the spark and the interaction that I get when I'm meeting people face-to-face. And I think when you're working on a computer all day, my energy level drops at the prospect of trying to engage with a compu- with people on a dating site, staring into a computer and reading their I, profiles. It's just hard work. It's just not fun, actually. I just want some fun meeting people. Okay. Okay, so that's that immediately. Um, this is what this is about. Like, if your attitude is, is a lower number, you're, you're just not going to do the activity um, mm-hmm. because it's not fun. Um, okay, so where do you where do you meet people? Well, I mean, meetups. I've, I've done a few meetups um, in, in in my hometown, um, and so far it's been nice. There's another. There's a dating app, and a dating website called My Friend Charlie, which is a bit expensive, but it kind of like it has activities um, which you pay for. And, you, and so it kind of like it's a it's an antidote almost to dating sites. So it's kind of like you do an activity and, and you meet people within a context, I guess. Yeah, it's hit and miss, but then I think dating sites are as well. Could you could you meet someone from your network, like friends of friends? No, I don't really have that. Um, no, a lot of my I mean a lot of my friends are kind of like um, they're, they're not they're not kind of like. They're not you kind of like you're socialite, you know, you you kind of like party animals. <laughs> hmm. So uh, no. And in terms of work, is there are there people about? Yeah, they're all they're all kind of like married, I think. <laughs> married with kids. See, well, um one I mean one thing you possibly could do that is um an idea I haven't really uh, tried out with anyone yet, but um, I think there are unusual things you could do, like in terms of advertising, where people come to you, um, and so then you, it just changes the dynamics. Um, so there are things, and or you like gamify it, so it, it becomes something that you you that feels good to do. Did you say game of fire? Game of fire. So, so make a game of it. Ah. How do you advertise? Hi, uh, just one second. Hi, Janice. Did you get kicked out? Yeah, I um, had no audio, so I had to jump out, and then I thought it told me to quit and then to try rejoin with audio. Can you hear me okay? We can hear you. I was really tempted to go, what? <laughs> um, there was quite a delay enough for we can't hear me. <laughs> That's probably I was like had in mind to do, but uh, 
<laughs> okay. Um, you were, who, who were you with? Group two. Room two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, try again. If not, you can okay. um, come back here and chat. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, like, people pay. Um, you pay to be on a dating site. Yeah. Um, pay on an advert where you can get you in front of people who are likely to be the right kind of partner for you. What, like a um, newspaper or something? Or? I would probably do Facebook ads because you can target um, what age. You can target um, by interests. You can target by the type of person, type of education. Um, and you're completely out of context. Um, and you can target by single. Um, and so it's, it's scalable. Whereas if you advertise in the newspaper, you, you're committed to a big yeah. lump. Has anyone ever Whereas Facebook, you, you could do it. Just come up not that I know of, but it, not that I know of, but it's something, um, I am, cause I'm looking at, I'm thinking, well, you know, people, there, there's a service, um, people who are in like, who don't have time will pay, um, Eight hundred thousand um, dollars uh, a month for someone to do their dating for them, and so they just basically turn up to the date. And I don't, I don't think that works, or I, I don't think I don't feel entirely comfortable with it because you're turning up and you've got none of the backstory. And someone has like the relationship started without you, and you don't know. I mean, obviously, you have access to the messages and that. Mm. Um, but it doesn't seem the right, like the right routes. Um, mm. And I think for that money, you could be advertising um, really targeted to the type of person that you want. You're suddenly like they're in their Facebook or Instagram feed um, is different. Um, and and I think. Is there risk involved with that? Um, in, I, I mean, there's risk in everything, but in what way do you mean? Well, I suppose a dating site, you are in a secure site, aren't you? Which is supposed to be managed, whereas a Facebook... Uh, well, on on Facebook, um, like dating sites like Tinder, um, you have to be on Facebook so that they can, because that gives you some idea of who the person is. A dating site, you could just site, sign up and you're Joe192, um, and no one has any idea um, who you are. You could be anyone. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, dating sites, they're just, it's just a website. Anyone can go in, say who they are, um, particularly if it's free. If you have to pay, then you have to use some kind of credit card, which means you can be traced back. Mm. Um, whereas, yeah, I think you, you don't know. The problem with online is it can be anyone. Um, and it's then detecting afterwards when you get to know someone that's really breaking down yeah. who they are. Um, but yeah, that that's, um, it depends on how, like if you're quite open and like I'm, I'm interested, um, you know, in finding someone, um, then you could go to like friends or people that you know and say, okay, look, is there anyone you know? Um, I'm looking for someone like this, 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 this. I mean, I've got um, a friend, who do you know like that? I've got a friend who's kind of like slightly older than me. She's a bit of a bit of a sort of more of a hippie character, but she finds 
she finds guys really easily and she's not kind of like you you know she, she's just a very petite it's almost hippie-ish type of woman um but she's very i guess she's very confident or very easygoing and about meeting men and and, and actually having casual relationships with them as well um but yeah, she doesn't. She's never used any dating sites. Maybe I should ask her for tips or something. But I don't. I think she well, actually flirts massively. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. If you, I mean, if you're just like, if men see the opportunity, it's how like how hard like a man is looking, right? A man who's looking and interested is looking at how hard is it going to be? Like, how much embarrassment is there going to be? Are you going to make him look stupid? Um, and once that threshold's down and you're having conversations, then, um, yeah, they will. Um, I mean, you could just go to coffee shops and just start conversations. It depends on how um, open and comfortable you are with that. Um, but if, if that feels more comfortable than dating, then, you know, like if, it, if it's books, if you like well, you don't really have bookshops much anymore, but, you know, you can sit in a Waterstones um, and strike up conversations with people who, in a certain section of the bookstore, um, uh, supermarkets. I mean, supermarkets used to do that, didn't they? It was singles night to go shopping. Um, uh, So, yeah, wherever. it's And for men, it's it's mostly about, like... um, cutting down the risk of how embarrassed they're going to be how um and so they're they're going to have their filter of someone will just approach everyone and won't have any fear of rejection or a sense of like it's inappropriate and some will um not be very comfortable with it mm-hmm. but the more i mean there, there's tons of opportunity it's just but part of it is seeing like feeling like the, the the higher up you feel in terms of attitudes and more open and responsive that you are the more people that you meet yeah I mean I'm kind of like doing a lot of working on myself in terms of like confidence and and just general and, and, and you know better self-esteem and self-worth and stuff like that but I've been very hard and negative on myself for most of my life actually and I think that doesn't help um you know, and also issues with childhood. So that's that's difficult to wade through. I, I I start from the premise that everyone, anyone else, given your genetics, given your experience, given your cultural condition, giving your your personality, would do exactly the same. And so then when you look at it, it's more like, okay, what are the things feeding in to my attitude? What are the things feeding in to my beliefs? Um, and what needs to change. And so, first of all, you make yourself strong, not wrong. So when you're always, oh, this is wrong, I'm, I'm a bad person, I'm this, you you become crippled and there's not much you can do. And when you say, okay, um, this isn't working for me, why isn't it working? So, like, you know, it could be not you, but some people might say, like, oh, I don't, I don't feel comfortable on dating sites, so I'm, I'm, I'm just not that whatever kind of person and instead of saying that you go okay i'm not comfortable right what why what is it 
that's making what's the dynamics that's creating that situation that's making me feel uncomfortable and if you change all of those factors that feed in it changes the makeup like whether it's your beliefs about it whether it's your expectations whether it's your um insecurities or whether it's thinking what other people think all of these things once you change all of these you change how you feel Mm. And so it's recognizing that. Do you know the difference between growth mindset and fixed mindset? Um, I guess it just means being open-minded, doesn't it? If you've got a fixed, yeah, basically, um, of yourself, then Carol Carol Dweck um, did a lot of research, and she came up with the concept of some people think that they're fixed, so like. Um, kids who do well at say they do well at school and the parents who praise them and they say, oh, you're so, you're so clever. Then when they do something bad, they feel it's them. Like they feel that they're, they're clever because they're a clever person. When they do something that it doesn't go well, they feel like, oh, I just can't do that. Whereas someone who, um, someone with a growth mindset feels that they, um, okay, this is just skills that I haven't developed. And so when the parents praise them for their effort, like you took, you took the time, you practiced, you got really good at that. Then they learn that they can do it. <clears throat> they can do stuff. They just need to put enough practice and effort in. Yeah. Um, and so people with a fixed mindset tend to give up and they think it's global. It's just, I just can't do it. Whereas people with a growth mindset, realize that they just have to put more effort in yeah i hear what you're saying and i like it and i like to think that i have a growth mindset but i suspect i have a fixed mindset because i've kind of like allowed yeah, it's past experiences to kind of like dra- drag me down and, and i identify too much with the past and i think i think right i think in yeah right now lockdown has been giving me a time to reflect and and think about letting go of the past and not letting it define me. And I realise actually I've allowed it to define me. Well, I've identified too much with it. And it's and it's created a narrative inside my head. And it's about letting go of that narrative. And that's really hard, actually. Yeah. Um, you've lived with. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, some of it's habit. And it's just overwriting that habit. Mm. Um but it is all about narrative. Mm. So attitude is, is all about the narrative that you tell yourself. Um, and so you have to come up with, so whenever we feel bad, it, there's, it's a contrast between the situation and the narrative. And we might not be able to change the situation. For example, dating sites, you can't change the, the situation of how dating sites are because they're a microcosm of life. So you have all of the behavior that you have in the outside world. Um, but what you can do is change your um, narrative about it and you go, okay, well, you know, that's bad behavior. That's, you know, grumpy, bitter people. We'll just put them in that box um, and just not pay attention to them. Mm. So, yeah, it's all about finding the narrative. Right. I better call um, people back. Uh, oh, not broadcast, closure rooms. Um Okay, so you're in the main room. That's going to be recorded. Are you okay yeah, with that awesome. being recorded? Or Yeah, because I can cut that out yeah. of voice. Well, as long as I didn't say anything too personal, I don't think I did. Um, no, you, you just talked about... Um, More general, wasn't it? Past, have, past having an effect to you. Yeah, and all, all that people will see is your, um, your first name and 
Your voice. You're back. We're just waiting for... Yeah, I'm back. Everyone else. Did you join, okay? Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I did. It, when when we did the thing, they said about the number, I said, yeah, I'm only, I'm only about two. <laughs> but it's different. I said, I'm at the, at the beginning, aren't I? Well, we, we've, we were just talking, um, and I think it, it's knowing where you are. And when you know where you are, you, you know what, what you need, to, what the focus, um, and you know it's exactly, okay, this is what I need to do, whereas otherwise um, it's it's can be overwhelming. Okay. Um, does anyone have anything to share from that? Any discussion points, questions? Okay. So the next, the next question is, okay, so that's attitude. The next one is alignment. So it's alignment between your thoughts and actions. And so this one is about what you believe. Okay, so in our heads, we have a construction we have a construction of what we believe relationships are, what we believe, how we believe the world works, how we believe people work. Now, if when we carry that out, like when we um, act in dating sites or, or wherever, out in the world, um, what happens is we're projecting those beliefs out. And so that construction creates the context for dating. So where people have an idea that, okay, there's uh, technology's changed relationships. No one wants to a real relationship anymore. That construction then becomes played out. Um, or when people say like, oh, it's, it's me. I'm just not good at relationships. That becomes part of the construction. Does that make sense? So you project out, so like there's a makeup, there's a map in your head of how life is. And when you act stuff out, that projection becomes the context in which you operate. Does that make sense? Okay. So, so toxic relationships begin with toxic thoughts. So the beliefs and the framework that you have for relationships will determine the quality of your relationships. So when you have a flawed belief, that flawed belief manifests itself in the relationship and how you operate in the relationship, what you expect from the relationship. Okay, so when you look at your operating model of relationships, at your operating expectations of relationships, what are you aware of any beliefs that are going to limit your construction of the context in which you have a relationship, in which you date, in which you interact with people? 
does that make sense as a question? Is that clear or do I need can to explain repeat, it some more? Can you repeat it? All of it? Um, no, no, just, just right. Yeah, just the last bit. Okay, so in terms of, in your head, you have a map and a model of how relationships work, how dating works, how people work, what your expectations are and the limits of how they can be. When you blow up, like, like when you interact out, so like this map is in your head now. And in five years or next year, your relationships are going to operate within that context. So any flaws, any mistaken beliefs, any um, flawed expectations are going to affect the way that those relationships play out. So, um, for example, a common one is the fairy tale model. When you fall in love, everything, um, you, you're, you're happy ever after. Um, and so five years later, when there's rows, um, it's constrained how you deal with it by that limitation, by that limited model. So thinking through all we've discussed, thinking through your past relationships, what beliefs or flawed expectations or belief or um, interpretations of people might create future problems in your relationship. Is that clear enough? In your future relationship? Yes. Yeah, so what in your head right now might limit um, and this is really difficult because most of them we're um, unconscious of. We don't know what we don't know. But thinking through from, you can see from patterns of last relationships, from we've talked about a lot of different beliefs and um, how they um, affect. And, and the fact that we've talked about it here doesn't mean it's going to change. It's how you, in how you, um, interject so how you take knowledge and absorb it and assimilate it into your operating system okay do you feel enough ready enough to have a conversation about that yes yeah I'm okay. just wondering how, um, how we can be how we can be aware of beliefs that are subconscious um, you probably can't um, until they play out. Um, some, you, you, so, okay, so some of the things we've talked about, fairy tale model, um, things that you have thought of, of, of past relationships, um, you've probably highlighted a few over the last few weeks, few months here. Um, but the fact that you're aware of it isn't enough. It needs to become into the, the operating system. So what we're really looking at is what do you rationally, intellectually know? Um, and you, do you need to then insert into your operating system?
So in other words, it's what you need to wipe off of your hard drive and what you need to reinstall. Yeah, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, um, I mean, because otherwise it's it's too um, it's too difficult to um, um, to know what you don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so learning lessons um from the past okay um right we'll go back into the breakout rooms for 10 minutes again um so okay Is there anything that jumps to mind for you? Uh, yeah, isn't is Katrina online as well? Is she? I don't know. I haven't had a response yet. No, Katrina. No, she's there, but um, doesn't seem to be. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, I do a lot of um, self reflection and meditation and stuff like that. So, I mean, meditation is really interesting in terms of like. Um, you sit with stuff and you let, you let, um, I think the idea is that you kind of let emotions bubble, rise up, but you don't analyse or intellectualise it. You just, you let it kind of like rise up and then you kind of be aware of it and then you let it go. And so for me, mm. I think what rises up is probably negativity, which has also led to anxiety. Um, and it's yeah. about, and it's I think negativity about about self, which then gets projected out onto others and how I interact with others. So that's a really um, biggie, I think. Yeah, um, um, yeah. Meditation is really good because you stop thinking. Yeah, and a lot of our problems are from thinking, and. Yeah. So you can get stuck, like people go to therapy and, and they spend years and, and what they're really doing is creating more stories. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're solving the problem, but they, they might be just creating a story about the problem. Um, yeah. And so you can go round and round in circles. Um, so it's really about your thinking should be um, based on your feeling. It's your feeling that tells you how things are fitting in. And then yeah. you, you create the thinking that fits with that. Um, but when you lead from your thinking, um, you can get lost. And that and that's really creates anxiety. So it's just um, when you feel good, then you know that things are, are, are working out. Yeah, I think when I, when I get like um, some kind of anxiety bubble or, or negative thinking pattern, um, I do go back into thinking, well, how do you feel right now? And actually, I'm feeling fine. So <laughs> that's, that's quite good to actually uh, yeah. to recognise it. Um, Fei Wu, uh, did you have a problem in your room or? Uh, yes, sorry. I was the only one in my room, so I came back. Oh, okay. Um, 
you can um, hang out here with us or I can add you to another room if you'd rather. Uh, here is fine. Thank you. Okay. What a, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, the, the question is, um, well, how do, how do we know we don't know what we don't know? Something like that. Yeah, we we can't really know what we don't know. Um, so uh, we're limited in in how. I think the way that we learn is from problems. We see a problem and then we we work out where did that problem come from. So um, it's not to shy away from problems, but to use but to catch problems early. Um, so what what we're really looking at is maybe. Um, we can learn from past problems um, we, and we can learn from, from how we feel. So Maddie and I were just talking about um, you can sort of be guided by how you feel. Um, and if you feel bad and then you rely on thinking, what happens is your thinking um, tries to come up with a logical reason for why you feel like that. Um, so, uh, meditation, for example, is good because it separates you from your thoughts. Um, and then you're able to look at it from a more detached point of view. Okay. So we're, we're really looking at, um, how you feel. If you don't feel great about you know, like the first question, if you don't feel great about dating, what is there in your makeup um, in terms of your beliefs, in terms of your expectations, in terms of your, your model of how things work? Something in there is creating that, that feeling. Um, and so it's working out what the, what the floor is and how then you sort of install that into your operating system. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, kind of. Okay, it's, it's quite vague. Okay, so if you... Um, okay, so let's say, uh, for example, you are really uncomfortable on dating sites there's something about your expectation of what's going to happen. There's something about your beliefs, you know, that the dating sites are toxic. Um, people are not really looking for relationships. Um, and that the way that's going to play out is you're going to feel bad about dating sites. You're going to expect bad things to happen. And so you're probably not going to go at it hundred percent. You're going to be withdrawn and, um, sort of when you read the message, you're going to be expecting bad intentions from someone. You mean dismissive? Um, dismissive? Yeah, or, yeah or, or sometimes like um, a message can be ambiguous and you're going to go to a negative perception of that. Um, so do you generate so, the negative perception when there are perceptions available? Are you that type of person? Um no, it depends. But if you have a pre-existing belief that 
um, people on dating sites are only looking to hook up. Um, no one really cares. Um, people treat people badly. Then you're going to go to a negative perception. Why do they um, have that kind of preconceived notions? Dating sites is just um, a-, a lot. Of- okay. Yeah, well, uh, well, a lot of people do because, um, okay, so right, basically, dating site is a new ritual. It's a new environment for us. Yeah. And most people haven't really worked out how to use them. And so what you've got is you've got a lot of hurt, bitter people who don't really know how to express themselves they get no, 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 no all the time. Um, they're feeling bad about themselves. Um, and so then they um, can, like, send out nasty messages. Um, and if you were in a shop and someone was rude, you'd probably just say they were, they're rude. But on a dating site, it seems so much more personal because it's you. It's like you up for sale. And so with that comes a lot of anxiety. And with that anxiety, um, it makes you feel bad and it makes you feel that someone is attacking your value. If you feel insecure, um, so like if someone sends a message and you blatantly know it's not true, it doesn't affect you. But if someone says something that in your head you're already saying, then you tend to give it more value and it hurts. Mm. So if you come to something with that sort of view, then you're going to go to the negative perception. If you come from a point of view that, okay, right, let's look at the facts. 95% of the people on the dating site really do want to meet someone special. Um, some of them are stupid and don't know how to send messages. Some of them don't uh, lack social skills, but deep down they're good people. Um, someone says you're a bad me- message and you say, okay, um, this, you know, like this poor guy doesn't know how to send messages. He get rejected all day. Um, he doesn't have very much emotional intelligence and he's just venting his anger. Um, then, that doesn't hurt you so much. And so you then go to the more positive. Does that make sense? Okay. Well, it's good to know people feel anxious, uh, anxiety with dating sites. I didn't know that before. So I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for yeah, no, lots of, lots of people do. Um, and also for men, um, and I don't know, you know, like whether you're interacting with men or women, um, for men, it, the re- experience tends to be massive rejection. Um, and so there can be a lot of anger and hostility from okay. a small section of people. When you say man, you say average man, right? I'm sure those... Uh, no, not necessarily average men, because most men... Man will get more girls. My, my, Maybe 20% men get 80% of women's interest? Yeah, and even probably smaller than that. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's definitely true. Um, so so when you go to the, like, the 80-20 rule, it's actually 95-5, but the 80-20 seem, is a, like a, a, a more believable number. So women typically, um, 
women will typically look for a man in the top 30% of looks, top 10, top, top 10% of looks, top 30% of intelligence, um, over six foot, um, good job. Um, so right then, right, just the percentage of men who are six foot, who are over six foot is 14.1% of the population. Um, so when you overlay like a doctor who's over six foot, who's um, good looking, they yeah for them um, they you know like dating sites are golden. Um, so they have a lot of wi- thousands of women chasing them, um, whereas most men um, are have to shine in terms of personality and few men know how to do that on a dating site. Okay. Well, I I don't believe that because I think every personality type is attractive to certain other personality types. I'm, I'm sure there are a variety of personality types of both men and women on dating sites. So the opportunities are fairly equal. I think it's more about looks. But when it comes to looks, I mean, women also, women's looks also um, have a broad, a broad spectrum, just like men. And most of, most of people choose to date uh, people whose attractiveness is similar to theirs. So I don't think that's a problem for most people. If there is a problem, most people maybe are a little bit delusional about their own attractiveness. I I think I read somewhere, most people look for partners who are 25% 25 more attractive than themselves. Because in their own eyes, they are twenty-four percent more attractive, attractive than so, what they really are. So, yeah. So, what slants the, um, what skews things with that, is that men outnumber women on dating sites, um, and this is because men like when you. Look, typically men tend to um, be more interested in easy sex. Um, it's not necessarily all that they're going for, um, but there are a number of men that are just just looking for sex. Um, so they might be married or whatever. And, that, and this is true of women as well, but it, it, it goes more. Women tend to have more opportunities than men men tend to have to make the opportunity, whereas women um, are approached more. Um, And so because of that, men have to, like, I can't remember the exact statistics, but it's on, if you look at OkCupid, it gives you all the statistics. And men, um, I think they have to send 15 messages to get the same response as a woman will get from one, from sending one message. And so when a man is looking 
for a woman for casual sex, um, he's less fussy. Um, and so what that means is that women typically will have the opportunity of younger men, more attractive men that are like equivalent attractiveness to them. And so it can seem that they are more attractive. Um, it can, can skew the bias um, of how they rate themselves as being more attractive. Um, whereas for a man, there's a lots of women that won't send first messages. Um, and so um, that sort of what slants the, the um, perception. Do you think the most men are looking for women younger than themselves? Yes. Mm. Um, How much so, younger, generally speaking? What, okay. So, um, okay. So, so, so when you're when you're dealing with men, what you have to understand is men are slightly more delusional. Um, men are have less social awareness and intelligence, um, and. So what this means is that um, if you look on, I think it's okay, Cupid. Um, and if you look, when a woman is 20, she's looking for a man who's like 25. When, when a woman is 25, she's looking for a man who's about 30. When she's 30, she's probably looking for a 30-year-old. When she's 35, she's looking 35 to 40. When she's 50, she's looking 45, 55. Um, when a man is... 18, he's looking for a 22-year-old. When a man is 22, he's looking for a 22-year-old. When a man is 30, he's looking for a 22-year-old. When a man is 50, he's looking for a 22-year-old. And so I talk to a lot of men and you know, I can remember talking to men and, and they're like, um, you know, I, I've only got like one date last year and not, I get no responses and... Um, you know, dating is just so frustrating. I just don't understand it. And so when you boil it down, he's a man like similar kind of looks, similar kind of age to me. Um, and so I say, okay, who are you messaging? And you go, well, uh, 20 to 25. And I'm like, and, and are you looking for the more attractive 20 to 25 year olds? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I said, well, well, like she's getting a thousand messages a, a week or a month everyone on the, every man on the site is looking for her. What's going to make you stand out? Um, and I don't know, it's, it, it, there's a delusional quality. So, so there's evidence that I know I'm not saying that all men are, are messaging 20 year olds. I once, I once put up a, a, someone said to me, just put up that you're 21 and see what happens. And it was insane. Absolutely insane. I mean, I'm over 50, so I know what you mean. I was absolutely gobsmacked by it. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and but it, yeah, there's a level of delusionality to men that um, women seem to, to see. Um, I don't know, I think it's perhaps a focus on what they're getting and it's like feeling like, I don't know, I, I, don't, I haven't quite worked it out, but... It's known that men um, perhaps shoot too high. You see, I think when you meet people in real life, um, I don't think you 
get that because obviously I'm I'm over 50 and I you know I get you know I get people wanting to talk to me to chat to me um but I don't get I get very little response on a dating dating website because I am honest about my age so 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 you're you you find it easier to meet men in person than on dating sites for you personally Well, I, I haven't been on loads of dates, um, but I'm just saying I do, you know, you can tell whether people are interested or whether they're quite keen to chat to you. And I get a, a much more positive response when I go out. Okay. And I don't get any very little response, apart from very weird experiences when, I, when I'm been on a dating site. Do you, do you send many messages? I don't. I have to say I don't send many messages, no. So, um, I, I mean, that, right. that, sorry. I haven't really got my profile right. I wrote, rewrote it about four times, but I, you know, I, I do mention Buddhism, but I think that probably scares the hell out of people. I don't know. No, I think, I think there, there's lots of men that are interested in Buddhism. Mm. Um, <clears throat> do you think it depends on the web, on the dating site? It can do. Um, it can do, but you, you have, so if you go like plenty of fish, you've got everyone. It's like being in a, in a, in a bar. Um, if you go Christian dating, then you've got Christian uh, people. So if you go, um, I think Lumen is better for older people. It, it, it's um, um, sort of middle-aged. Um, they obviously probably got less users overall, but perhaps more. More targeted. Oh, um, I've just got better. I've gotten involved in the chat. I better close the rooms. Um, so yeah, it can just try different, different dating sites. But sending messages is is the best way that you can stand out. Um, Fei Wu, I just want to uh, make you aware because this is the main room. This is recorded. Are you comfortable with our conversation being part of the um, recording? Uh, audio or video? Or just audio? Okay. I'm okay, yeah. I have met someone. I've okay. met a lot of my life already. But the last week, I attended oh. the meeting once. So uh, I'm curious to hear what you have got to talk about. Okay. That's why I'm here. Um, so most yeah, people, so, are I mean, single people looking for relationships? or Yeah, I think most people are. Um, so for you, it would be alignment in terms of what am I expecting from a relationship from the relationship and, and uh, like how that's going to affect how your interactions are um, um, and all those kinds of um, aspects. Okay. Um, so uh, Did anyone get any points of clarity or questions or comments that they'd like to um, share quickly? I think mine is going to be my um, naivety, I suppose, because I'm getting into this new. So uh, I'm expecting to make lots of mistakes along the way, uh, have lots of false because I don't know what I don't know previously. Uh, and perhaps I'm expecting my expectations may very well be that's what I'm trying to set the bar really low 
so that uh, I don't have high expectations because uh, I expect to make mistakes and things not to work out at all. Um, but in terms of uh, features and what's going to limit me, um, it, it may be that uh, uh, I haven't really had tons and tons of relationships in my life, um, and that may very well again surface as a naivety, I suppose, or inexperience. I don't know. Uh, I'm just hoping that trying to do the right thing will see me through. Yeah, I, th I think the the best thing that you can have is uh, a willingness uh, um, to make mistakes because none of us have it all worked out. And so we're all going to make mistakes. But one mistake, like people get so anxious on first dates and things like that. They go, oh, if I say the wrong thing, if I do the wrong thing, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. Um, it doesn't matter what what you do. Like Obviously, as long as you don't hurt people, as long as you don't do something that you're going to, you have to live with, that you're going to feel bad. As long as you're living with honour, that you're living, that you feel good about yourself, that you're being kind, um, none of the rest of it, none of the rest of it matters. Um, it doesn't matter if a relationship works out. If you have the skills, you can never guarantee hundred percent what the other person is doing. Um, but if, if you, it, it is all about how you live. And if you live with that attitude, with that, um, integrity, with honor, then, um, Everything else sorts around it. Okay, so the next level. So what we've had is is attitude, and attitude is really important because it determines the enthusiasm and so the activity that you're going to um, put into your relationships. Um, we've had alignment, um, which is going is what's going to determine what problems you're going to have. And the fact is that we're all going to have problems in relationship. It's just, we're all going to have problems in life and it's how we, um, how we deal with them. Um, Sandra, have you, um, I just you wanted to, 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 before you move on to the next point, um, Rob, it just occurred to me that in terms of lessons, learning lessons from the past, um, speaking for myself, having been married and resolving to, um, um, close that off. I no longer feel pressured to have a relationship that needs to end in marriage. Um, so any relationship that I enter into is going to be on the basis of the value of the relationship itself, rather than me um, looking at the relationship as, a, as, as something that is going to get me married. Yeah. Right. So, you know, so my focus will then be what I'm getting from the relationship as it progresses to whatever it is. It may not progress very far, but what I'm getting out of it. And that is, that's my goal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a really important distinction. People typically distinguish between marriage and another relationship as, as like, and, and I think because culturally marriage is the ultimate commitment, but the real important distinction is, is the quality of the relationship. And when you look, we have marriage, which demarcates like a committed relationship and it should have a, an impact on quality, but it isn't necessarily 
um, quality. Lots of people are in marriages that are poor quality and other people are in relationships that are in much higher quality. So yeah, it's about, yeah, um, a goal in itself rather than a vehicle. Um, okay. So we've had the attitude and the alignment of as what problems are going to line up. Um, and the next one is, um, and, and just before I move on, like in terms of you should expect and welcome problems, I think. And a problem doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the relationship. It means there's something wrong with the ideas of that we have about the relationship and the problems is a way like if we can pick them up early um we can fix them um okay and so the next one is ability so if you're dating what dating skills are holding you back and if you're in a relationship what relationship skills are holding you back from having the relationship of the quality that you want okay is that Clear enough? Okay, so we'll go there for another 10 minutes. Hi, hi, Mayor. Hi, Arena. Hi, Katerina. Okay, did you want to stay here, Feiwu? What's happening now? Um, now we're talking about um, what skills, dating skills, relationship skills are okay, I'm, holding I'm you back. I'm free to go in a room if you want me to go in a room. Okay, you can. I can add you to a room or Maddie's having connection difficulties and is talking here. Okay, no, um, I can stay here. That's here. Cool. Okay, cool. Is, okay, it's recorded here as long as you're aware of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you're welcome to to stay with us. It's okay, nice because I've got sorry. someone to talk to. Normally, I'm just no, waiting fine. for someone to drop out. Or... <laughs> Hi, Maddie. Okay. Hi, <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, what skills do you feel that you would need to develop, or or? Gosh. I think I'm learning to, I did um, a, um, a slow dating um, a few weeks back and I think um, I was very, um, yeah, just sort of relaxed, friendly, smiley, actually. I think smiling is really important. Um, and that, yeah. What's slow dating? It's a bit like speed dating, but I think you get an extra minute. But, <laughs> but it was online. <laughs> okay. well, that sounds fun. It was all right. It was too. It was very widely dispersed, though, in terms of geographical area. Yeah, that would be hard to. You know, it was Taunton, Cheltenham. It was too far. Um, where, where? Sorry. Okay. But it was, I mean, it was fun, and I enjoyed the evening. And um, I, I think I, 
at the end you choose people you know that you want to keep in touch with and I chose people due to ge geographical areas um but I did actually look to see that six people had said that they wanted to stay in contact with me and that was really nice but yeah. I just felt actually it's too far apart and yeah so but but, but nice though but yeah so that's that's the kind of thing I quite like actually it's that that fun element of just sort of being there in the moment and it, it's not too onerous um, yeah you know you, you never done it I've done one of those sort of events yeah mm. yeah what about your dating skills what do you think you need to are we talking about my excellent dating skills or my bad dating skills? I'm not quite sure which I don't know. one. Share, share your excellent dating skills. Um, I'm quite good at engaging with people and meeting them um, and listening. And, um, and then, yeah, th then I'm not, I, it's that whole what, then what? thing i'm never quite sure and it makes me wonder where i'm at and what i'm actually wanting so whilst i'm still um being a single parent i'm not particularly wanting and it's taken me eight years to work this out somebody in my house with me living with me whilst i've still got kids i just yeah. i don't want to put them through that and uh, i think that's really where i'm at so i'm happy to have someone that's out there <laughs> but not in with me and so yeah, absolutely it's a bit odd actually because other people i know just get on with it and i think why am i so protective i thought i don't know why i am I well, just... we hear a lot of horrible stories don't we about step you know, oh, oh yeah people coming yeah. into, into their parents lives and yeah but i don't know if that's i don't know why i'm like that it's a, it's a strange thing really so no i think it's protective i think the dy dynamic can change Mm. And, you, and I think you're right to be cautious. And and there's a lot of um, he he will have gone to look at the other rooms. He'll gone he'll have gone to the other chat rooms yeah. to see what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Um. I, I what I wanted to ask him was so if you get to over fifty and you're female, what age are you looking for? <laughs> That's an interesting one because I seem to be looking at men in their forties, but I think men in their sixties seem to be looking at me. I'm looking. I, the last people I've met are fifties, sixties, and um, it's it's it is different. And then I got worried that I'd be looking after somebody that was actually significantly older, and that didn't seem quite wise to me. So I'm 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 wondering about age actually, and whether I want to go from being a parent to looking after an old man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Depends, depends on the man, actually, doesn't it? It does, Taylor, and you can't predict, you can't predict these things. No. But it is, it, it's sort of... Um, I think I, I fancy men in their 40s, but I don't necessarily know if I would have the energy to go out with one of them. <laughs> um, I don't know. Depends. It really depends. I, I'd probably more... I'm probably, yeah, I think just somebody around my age range, I think, is probably mm. 
Mm. And, and of course, I think it also, so I met the last person I met, their kids were 40 and 37. Right. And mine, my youngest is still at high school. Mm. And that's a huge, I just thought, gosh, that's quite different. Isn't it? I mean, it didn't seem that relevant, but mm. yeah, I was like, gosh, <laughs> you must have started having children when you were 12, you know, but wow, yeah. it, you're doing your, different bits of life. What are your bad dating skills? Um, uh, probably my boundaries are a bit shit. Yeah. I, I do get challenged on things sometimes. And I think, what do you want to do? What What is your I, the right thing to do? And what are you actually going to do? And I think boundaries are strange things sometimes. I think my boundaries are too, too tight to kind of like... I basically won't let anyone get near me with a barge pole kind of thing. I've got like a, a massive... Well, COVID, COVID is your protector then. <laughs> great year, isn't it? Do you want to hold my hand? No, not at all, ever. Yes, it's great. <laughs> Someone asked me, can I put my hand on your leg? And I went, just no, no. I thought, just no. <laughs> no so, my, yes. My ex, who I'm really good friends with, um, basically said it was a bit like um, swimming through a moat, climbing the castle, fighting off the dragon. Well, you see, Rob would agree with that. That's absolutely what we ex we're to expect, is it not, Rob? That you're on mute. He's looking thoughtful. I'm, so, I'm struggling. My internet knocked out and now I've joined, but I can't. I, I've lost control of the breakout room, so I'm just trying to work that out. Um, okay, but Rob, so, my important question is, as a person in their mid-50s, what age group should I and do I commonly, with my cohort, look at in a date? Because you stopped at 50. I thought, go on. And women in their 60s or what? <laughs> you just stopped. I thought, where you Choose men in their 20s. Is that where I should go? You get your offers. Um, you do get the offers. Do you like the younger yeah. man? You just think, seriously? Go away. Or, I love older women. Oh, don't. You know, I'm not, that, that, I'm like not really... You know, there's a picture of a 12-year-old and they say, I'm not really 47. And you think... Yeah. No, it, it's um, like a lot... I've heard a lot of men or, or like young young boys... Um, oh, I love older women, and and don't really, they 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 think that like well, they, it's just a, another example of men just not really thinking through how that comes across or yeah. what that means, and it's like uh, yeah, um, so yeah, no, I think I I I believe similar ages. I don't think age gap um, relationships. This is uh, of course there are contradictions but i think um you know like if i was going to be messaging girls in their 20s then maybe i'm gonna eventually find one but it's probably because she's got daddy issues or um something and that's why she's with me um and sooner or later she's going to grow up and then like you know why am i with this old guy well she'll be um, pushing pushing you around so, in your in your wheelchair <laughs> Yeah, someone, yeah, someone who's fit and strong and can push me up hills. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it's not necessarily, I, I don't believe that age gap relationships are 
I think there's other factors in there. And so typically, like a, a young girl, and sometimes they're looking for someone who's in control and someone who um, can show them the world. But what about but us? Ten us years two later. Women. What about us two? Talk yeah, about us. us that's yeah, get the man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, um, if you were a middle-aged so, woman. What, um, what I was going to say. And yes, so so basically what I was going to say was, was uh, as they grow up, they change and that becomes controlling. Um, So the other way around, um, can it work? Yeah. Um, Of course, can. Um, But I don't know. Um, It probably... um, because in 10 years, people are in different life spaces. Yeah. You know, like, um, they're going to change. And when they change, like, if it's someone that young, do they want children? And they, they need someone younger. And that is, I have, uh, that's happened to a friend of mine very recently. Yeah. Um, and. Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. I don't want the kids. And then. Mm. From the start, because of those, those old yeah, someone ultimately wants children, mm. um, and like in in ten years when they're ready, you're you're not going to be in a place. Mm. Then that's that's the sort of thing that is a deal breaker. Um, are they, um, you know, in ten years' time, are they going to be? Is there someone a lot younger that's going to be flirting and um, you know, like in every relationship, the the passion and that. Um, is a different type later in time. Mm. I also think you've got to recognise that when you're in your 50s, you know, your, your body deteriorates. To the relationship. Sorry, Rob, you yes. cut out. I, I talked yeah, to also, you, hear, Rob. We can't hear uh, you. Yeah, my, inter- my internet is really bad today. Um, so I'm going to leave you to talk because I need to sign in so I can get control the room get people back from the get room control so back be, you know be the man because yeah, they're going to be <laughs> they're going to be stuck in in breakout room hell okay right so i'll leave you to talk and then um you don't record what we're talking out. about <laughs> well it's 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 recorded um I'll, I'll listen to it later we'll make sure it's delicious yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would be our principle maddie <laughs> A principle. Unprincipled. Oh, I see. What, what could he not use? What would yeah. we have to do to make it unusable in a podcast? Well, we'd have to get we would get smutty and dirty in our vocabulary, wouldn't we? Okay. Well, that that, that might work. Oh, he's better. listening still. He's listening still. Yeah, no, I, I can't work out how to because I can return to the meeting, but it just takes me here. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, so I think it's quite odd that. Um, I didn't think eight years ago when I became single that now I would be looking at that the people I've met recently have been towards 70 and I'm thinking, what's going on? Why is that happening? I don't quite understand it. Yeah. Yeah. And the person person that I met that was nearer my own age is absolutely besotted with me, but I cannot, I just, having given him a few dates and the time and stuff i'm like actually i 
it's it, no <laughs> just a no yeah but it, you know i didn't i wanted to give it some time because i'd i'd read that stuff with john gray saying you know don't go for the guys you fancy let the men show you who they are and i'm like i thought okay and then when you get to that creepy oh flip i really can't do Isn't this that interesting bit you just said don't go for men that you fancy yeah i think i think i was i was wanting to hear that because i think sometimes if you fancy them um your boundaries are even more floppy and mm. you can end up <laughs> maybe moving too quick on certain like levels when you don't when you don't know them i don't think i really have gone out with somebody i really fancy actually <laughs> <laughs> they are, it, yeah, it does affect how you behave. I think I have infatuations for them, but I don't think I've ever really ever gone out with them, anyone that I really, really fancy. No, maybe that's have a good you, thing. <laughs> have you have you been married? No. Okay. Mm. Hmm. Don't know, yeah. Excuse me a minute. Um, can yes, I, God. are either of you comfortable with Zoom? Have you used Zoom? In? Yeah. Oh, do you want some help? Yeah. Can, can I make never, one of you I... co-host? Oh, no, I can't because I'm not host at the moment. Um, because if I leave, I actually, I'm not, I'm not host, so the meeting should probably carry on. So I'm going to have to leave. To... Who, is someone else hosting no. this tonight? No, oh, oh, um, because when I got knocked out, I've come back in, but I'm, I don't have con like the control. So I'm going to leave the the meeting um, and sign in and then rejoin. Right. Okay. Um, and hopefully I'll be back. Yeah. But I'll be back in a. This is weird. This is internet. Yeah. No, I, I was. You know, John Gray wrote uh, "Men Are from Mars and Women Are from Venus." Yes. So he does lots of podcasts and I was listening to some of those okay. and he was just talking about boundaries and about, you know, men are much more likely to, you know, chase until they get sex and then they'll disappear. That, that's what he was saying. So if you don't actually fancy them and you're, it's much easier for you to say, no, get off me, mm. then then you'll have more chance of getting to know the man before they run off because you've, you've had sex and that was all they really wanted, mm. you know. And so I thought it was quite an interesting um, strategy. But yeah, I mean, I I, I, I don't I don't know what I thought of it really. It was a bit odd. Oh, yeah, I, I read a really good book actually, which I liked, um, and it was basically about uh, the single trap, something like that. And it it was kind of like knocking dating sites, and it was just basically saying that you know the reason why there's so many people who are single out there is because um, we've got too much choice. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. actually we need to get back to communities and um, and, and try and, and meet people in real life situations, you know. Because at the end of the day, there are so many dating sites, but there are so many single people, so dating sites haven't really worked, have they? Um, I don't know if they did work, why, did, why are there so many single people out there? Oh, I don't know. Because I don't think they work, well... Well, that's one narrative, isn't it? So this guy was basically saying that, you know, you need to join join a group or a club or join somewhere that you keep, you know, you, you meet people that you... And, and it's about... Because our friendship groups tend to be kind of like close bonding. 
And what we need to do is put ourselves in situations where we're meeting lots of different people and making acquaintances. Um, How many litres of water a day do you drink, Bob? Um, lots. I probably drink about three, three of those bottles. So they're about 2.2 2 litres. I always drink what? a lot of water. Why? Um, I don't know. I've just got in a habit. Okay. I, I like water. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm so used to drinking lots that I get like dry if I'm not drinking. Mm. Oh. Everyone's back. I now... Um, sorry, I, I'm having internet problems and I've clicked out a couple of times and I... I when I came back in, I didn't have um, control of the breakout rooms. Um, so did anyone have anything that they wanted to, to mention or, or that came up or anyone feel any skills that they need to develop? In our group, we started having conversations about impulse behavior um neediness oh i've forgotten what the third one was somebody help me from my group um but being very impulsive being very needy were um came up more than once um open yourself wasn't it as well what was it Open yourself up, not to be. Too oh yes, uh, yes, and opening up, trying to open yourself up to um, be fully re responsive to 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 the relationship and how it's evolving. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, okay. So we have one more question. So what we've done is we've looked at the attitude, which affects how like the, the enthusiasm and how much energy you put into data. We looked at alignment, which is um, the problem. The next one is action. So what steps do you need to take um, in order to have better relationships in 2021? Okay, is that... Clear enough? What steps you need to take? Yeah, well, so based on that, okay, so um, in terms of where your attitude is, is it low or is it high? Um, if it's low, what, what steps can you take to, to improve your attitude? Um, if you're aware of things in your beliefs, in your, like, um, psychological makeup, an, an idea or a model of relationships that are going to cause problems, what can you do to address them before you have the problems? Um, if you're aware of skills like dating skills, relationship skills, um, that you could improve. Um, so the big one in, in dating is um, messaging. Um, the skill of choosing someone, um, the skill of knowing who to choose, 
Um, so their skills, um, relationship skills in terms of opening up on a date, not being nervous or, or whatever. Um, see you, Errol. So what Betty results next year from this year, something has to change in you. So what changes will make the most difference to you and what can you do to make those changes? Okay. So are we ready? Are you ready for breakout rooms? Okay. Okay, so hi, I think hi, Christina. Um, Errol and Sasha may have left. Ah, yes, they have. Yeah. Um, and Janice, are you here, Janice? I think Janice might be away from a computer at the moment. Um, you can, we've been having a breakout room here. Um, this is, uh, obviously this is recorded, but um, you're welcome to join us if you want to. Yeah, sure. We're the call group. <laughs> um so okay so what so this leads back to the initial thing of of what new year's intention and uh in so specifically in terms of relationship what actions could you take what could you do to improve your relationships next year I think communication, I was just speaking to the other group, I think communications is key for me um, because in some of the relationships I've been, well, especially the one because I used to be married, um, the other person didn't actually ever talk. So just more, I would have to initiate the conversation and see what the problem and try and figure out what the other person was thinking and why they were feeling that way. So I think communication above all for me is key from the beginning. So, because I think if you leave it for too long, I think other problem, it'll just accumulate and it, it'll just explode, you know, and this is where things go bad then. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think when things are fresh, you, it's okay to say them when, when you've yeah. stewed on them a bit. Um, they, they get a bit out. stale. Yeah. I think for me, it's just trying to get out and date, you know, and um, and try and let things evolve. I'm, I'm, I'm just, just I'm not very good at meeting strangers, I think, and, and allow, allowing the whole dating process and try and enjoy the date as well and not get too nervous and anxious about it, but just sort of, yeah. So that, I think that's probably where I'm at. I'm sort of like baby steps, really. <laughs> Yeah, and no, I think if you if you're if you find we've talked about this before, but you, the problems are it's like a dating pipeline, and the problems are um, wherever um, and and w like wherever they show up, um, and 
so if you're uncomfortable like or anxious on dates or whatever then then have lots of dates and then um sooner or later that will you'll get past that mm. yeah it's in a funny kind of way i think i'm quite feeling quite confident about the relationship itself because i think um you know i've, I've stayed very good friends with my ex and um and actually with a, with a, a couple of really good um friends you know sort of people I sort of went out with and 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 that's for me that that's saying something about emotional maturity so I I'm not I think it's about trusting yeah I mean it's so complex isn't it but I I think in terms of emotional intelligence I, I'd hope to think that I've got I've got the relationship material there I think. yeah yeah I, th I think it's always about um sensitivity to knowing if it's working or, or not working and then adjusting. Um, and I think that that's really the key to it is being that awareness um, of if something is becoming and being sick and then adapting because I think what a lot of people do is they have these kind of fixed ideas um, and there are signs of a problem, but they're so fixed in this is the track I'm going down that they don't pick up on the clues until it becomes. And, and so that problem becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, like Christina was saying, if you don't communicate about it, then that becomes, you stew on it. And then it just becomes this, colossal argument um whereas the more sensitive you are in them and the more open and honest you are earlier um the more chance you have of navigating them yeah i mean it's always going to be a hard one i think trying to be open and honest um with how you feel about things yeah, definitely yeah. it's 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 see i, I always think you there's a certain amount of effort you have to put in. So I used to, I used to look at this when I was, um, when my daughters were young and um, like if, if I was looking after them, I think there's a certain amount of attention they have to, you, they have to have. And if you, like if I was busy going about doing what I was going to do um, and wasn't there with them a lot, they would, start to look they would cause problems to to look for attention so i figured right i'm going to give them loads of attention now play with them and, and do these things um and then there's like a limit of of like they would then get tired and fall asleep or they want to like sort of break and watch tv and then you have that time and i think it's the same thing in relationships you cannot give attention there's a and then um, you have attention to the problem, but it's sort of negative. Or you can give loads of attention up front and then um, do something else. I don't know if that translates and makes sense to you, mm. but it's the way that I see it. Mm. 
I'm I'm just going to go and check um, how people are doing um, time-wise um, in the breakout rooms. So I'll leave you here to discuss yeah. and I'll be back. I'll probably be back once before I go into the next breakout room. What was the question again? <laughs> I can't remember. I was just thinking what were we talking about? Um, what are we going to let? What are we going to bring to the to next year or something? Oh, is it? That's I don't know. Uh, anyone? Yeah, I suppose next year's in three weeks' time, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's difficult to predict these kind of things, isn't it? Yeah, I just think you've got to be. I think it's about. How, I do a lot of meditation. I think it's it's a bit. If you if you want to know what's going to happen in the future, you've got to figure out where you're at now and if you're in in a good place now in terms of being open-minded and you know conscious and, and receptive then then you'll be that in the future and you can't you can't guard yourself from the future mm-hmm. you can only just accept the future will be what it is and, and the future will be what it is now actually because now is your future if you know what I mean mm. that makes sense yeah it does, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I seem to make horrendous mistakes. I I kind of like make make John Cleesean mistakes. <laughs> you know, I sort of like trip over my own shoelaces, and um, yeah. But I think that's just part of my learning curve, really. I think we all have that, you know, you know, within us. So we're always learning by our mistakes, anyway, aren't we? Yeah, not always. No, I don't think we do. I think we can get into patterns that we we aren't really consciously aware of, so we don't always learn. No, and and that go, that goes back to being open minded, doesn't it? I think, and being reflective. Mm. I think I do, and after a relationship, I always analyze what went wrong, what could have. I could have done so and I try to block those things out of my mind so I don't repeat them again and I, I thought cool. Phil um, not Phil sorry Rob, uh, Rob um, two sessions back and, and we were just talking about feelings and how we spend too much time in our heads and we analyse too much and actually we benefit better if we kind of like tune into how we feel and we use that as our guideline you know so don't get caught up in the narrative of what went wrong. But just caught up in get but just sort of reflect upon the feelings. How do you feel at this moment in time? You know, and don't sit sit with the feelings and don't 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 put words to those feelings, but just let the feelings arise and then let them go. Because as soon as you put words into those feelings, then you start to create your own narrative again and you start to analyze it and then you get caught up in a sort of intellectual knot. Mm-hmm analytical knot um and that's where the patterns keep you know keep recurring so it's about feelings actually as and when they arise it's easier said than done i'm not saying i know the answer to that but um but if you ever try meditation that it is really helpful i do meditation mindfulness as well so yeah yeah
think Rob is frozen. I think he's frozen, yeah. I think he's frozen as again. Yeah, he's gone. He's, he's, he's back. Well, he's back. <laughs> Yay. The mute. You're just muted. <laughs> but I had to jump out and um, get the online shopping. <laughs> I'd forgotten about it. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry about that. My internet's been terrible tonight, so I've been skipping in and out. Um, What, what I did hear when I came back in was Maddie was talking about um, sort of using your feelings to, to guide you. And I think that's the whole point of a personal narrative is that the narrative is the, is the story that helps you achieve what you want to achieve. So if you feel, um, so if you don't feel 100% about whatever it is that you want. So we in, in life, we, we, there's certain things that we want and we work towards. Um, and we do that in our careers and we do that in our relationships. And so when we feel, when we don't feel good, the real problem is that the, the problem with our narrative or the problem. So if you look at these different levers of how we can manipulate things so we can change the situation but that's really difficult it means changing other people it means changing all of these things um we can't change how we feel until we change either the situation or, or our narrative about the situation but the easiest point that we have control over is changing the narrative so the whole point um and um, what Maddie was saying was that we get lost in our thinking. Um, and so when we we start to overthink based on how, how we feel. And so the level of how we feel determines the narrative. And so we can go round and round um, rationalising how we feel. And so what, what we're doing with our thinking then is we're just giving logic to the emotion that we feel. And emotion will always overpower logic. So when you feel fear, you're st straight away taken. Um, and so the, the fear then becomes, right, I'm not good enough. No one's ever going to love me. I'm, I'm always going to end up alone. Um, and so you, become, you then create the situation which makes sense to your brain. So the point of the personal narrative is the one that's going to take you from despair or wherever you are to feeling happy and enthusiastic because when you feel happy and enthusiastic um number one you come across better uh, number two you see the best and you activate the best in other people um and you have the enthusiasm you have the energy and you have the motivation to go and do what you have to do to get the goal that you want which whether it's a relationship or um, finding someone to be in the relationship. So um, narrative is is really key. So if you, um, so often, often people don't change. And the reason that they don't change is because it's their narrative, is because they get stuck 
And so narrative is a way of, so if you, like, if you're feeling really despairing and despondent, then you can't straight away feel enthusiastic. There's no bridge from that to that. So from despair, you look for the little narrative that can, the little positive. So there's the old story um, you've probably heard of. So the the native, um, it's like native, old native um, American, um, like Native American, and he's sitting there with with his grandson, and his his grandson's been bullied and picked on, um, and he says, "I hate them, and I hate them, and I, I want the bit." And he says, "Yeah." He said, um, "Inside you, there's there's a, a white wolf and a, and a dark wolf, and the dark wolf's going to want revenge, and it's going to um, make you want to hurt them. The white wolf is going to make you forgive them or feel past them." And one leads you to feeling better and being a better person. And one leads you to feeling worse. And Frozen again. And being worse. Which one wins? In every instance, there's a positive perspective you can take and there's a negative perspective that you can take your choice is to take the positive because when you take the positive and the positive from despair isn't necessarily um, isn't anything else. So when someone's getting over a breakup, anger is a great emotion. Not because you want to stay angry enough to hurt someone, but because anger brings with it energy and so then you can use that energy to go from being angry to being um to having like pride and and i'm better than this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna show them and then the next step is um from pride to understanding understanding it was never about you you weren't the main character in their story they were you were just an instrument that you were using and then um reaching all the way for it's a possibility that things could be better um so that's really the way that you feel better and that's really the key to everything in relationships and in life is getting yourself in the right state to get the best from your situation and create better situations. So does anyone have any comments, questions or thoughts on their next steps or what they or, or anything we've talked about tonight before we close up. We were having a little discussion on um, the effect of COVID on building a relationship, virtual, <laughs> using it, you know, sitting and looking at the camera one-on-one -on -one with this person every day. How does one... Um, 
inject um, fun in, you know, um, and all the other things that would be normal in a regular, you know, building a relationship. Uh, as Umer said, you can't even hold hands. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so I suppose that's another dimension of skills that we need to develop because we are now operating in a virtual reality um, and using that space to actually build a relationship with somebody that we may have never seen physically, you know, mm. and how to, um, how to keep that going, you know, because there's the whole issue of listening, which is very important when all you're seeing is just the image of that person, um, having conversational skills to engage and keep them going and keep the conversation going. Um, so, so I cut out with with parts of that, but um, so if you look at people as being like an onion, the outside is the super and cat people. Um, am I still talking, or have I frozen? No, you're talking. I'm talking. Um, so. Um, the outside is normally the superficial things. So um, when you look at a really deep relationship, what really connects people? Physical attraction. Okay, so that's the first six to 18 months. Um, perceived interest in each other in the other yes so so if you look at the onion okay so the first layer is what you see it's like the profile it's the message so once you get down that then it becomes you you sort of you go on a date and you spend some time with someone and it's like the sexual tension it's the attractiveness right so that's another layer um and that's the excitement um, and then when you peel past that, so when you've got used to someone, you've um, become close, you're dating, you're in a sexual relationship. So that plays out for a while. But how does the relationship then deepen? Is it authenticity? Is it like self-disclosure that you've mentioned before? So it's showing them yeah. that as part of yourself, the vulnerable side that you don't yeah. necessarily show to other people. Yeah, exactly. So the really deep connection is the stuff that it takes us knowing each other for a while. So what COVID's doing is you're missing all of that electricity from the lust, from the romance, from the thrill of this person. And, um, you know, I want to get them naked and, and all of that. So all of the stuff that comes in the early part of the relationship that's been frustrated. But what it means is that you can, can you, so the challenge is can you get to the real deeper stuff, missing out the initial sexual attraction. Um, and so it's a challenge because it's a ritual, but what it can do is it can give you a deeper connection with someone. Because that, that, like that, 
sexual element is a short-term thing that attracts us to people and it attracts us to the wrong people and it blinds us to people. Um, so that's the challenge. And what it can be is it can give you a really deep relationship. Um, so you can have a deeper relationship quicker um, if you can get past that bit. Which means unlearning some of the things that you, in your culture, you have learned to do by road because it's, it's it's the expectations on both sides and you follow that pattern to a certain degree. Now that pattern is totally disrupted. There are no movies to go to. Um, there's no going out to the park or whatever. There's yeah. what, yeah. what so, I mean, I mean and, and it's still going to be physical attraction and there's all kinds of yeah. things like that. Um, yeah, but... Um, but it, it's a different, you know, people don't change, but what changes is the, the situation and the context. And so we have to adapt to those. And I think this is where we are now. We are the guinea pigs. This is us learning to do this new routine um, and to see... I suppose if you didn't didn't have a, a a history of relationships in the physical sense, you know, meeting somebody, then you would have no reference point. But most of us do have a, a reference point, and we are expecting that whatever it is that we're doing, even though the circumstances are different, we are still yearning to have similar um, results, um, similar yeah. feelings, similar, you know, the whole stuff um but maybe we have to readjust as you're saying the order yeah. as to how to and, and it's essentially what the promise of eharmony and chemistry.com are and they try to match you with the right person um but it, it's it's uh, i don't think it's very effective but what you can do is by finding out something that you can connect to on a deeper level and get to know more of, of someone um you can um do that for yourself and, and really much, when, how, how, how are you meant to connect on a deeper level um so of rules right i don't know if i've frozen you Can have you frozen me? a bit there okay so when you play a game there are rules and the point of rules is that the limitation um creates challenge Have I gone again? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so, okay, so I was trying to say it quickly. So you find some commonality. Um, you connect around the commonality. Something, some overlap, like a Venn diagram. I'm interested in, you're interested in, what's, what's the cross? Um, from there, you spark up conversations. From the conversations, then you grow like, 
spot you know you spark it into a flame flame into a rage snare can i what can i share and who they are um and when you get through those layers um that's how you build connection It's difficult for me to see um this one again. Am I back? Right. Uh I don't know if if you got all of that. No. <laughs> okay. Um right. Take five. Um okay, so um how do you get connection? You get commonality. Commonality is something that you're both interested in, something that gives you enthusiasm and energy to talk about. Um, once you have that energy to talk about, you um, you, you have a topic that... Uh, <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> okay. Um, Okay, I think I think um, I'm not going to give up. Yeah, to share the, right. The whole secret to relationships was in that. It was brilliant. It was the most wisest, most epic bit of um, relationship commentary that anyone's ever had. Um, and hopefully, it comes out in recording. Um, and this wasn't just a live only experience. Okay, so. I'm going to wrap up before, because I'm going to be shooting it on and off. I, I think my internet connection has beat me for tonight. <laughs> so um, thank you everyone for being here. I'm just going to summarise what we did um, and then see you next week at the Christmas party. Um, so tonight we were talking about how do you plan for um, to have a, a great relationship next year? And we looked through four well, five basic questions. And the first question was, what are you looking for? What is your vision? What would you hope? And rather than um, expecting or hoping for everything to be resolved and to have the perfect relationship next year, we looked at what are that relationship is an outcome of the way that you conduct yourself is the way that you develop and in order that you can um if you do so we looked at if you a relationship is a result of your behavior and your behavior is a result of the practices and the habits that you you um use that you have um, and so then we looked at attitudes. So your attitude to dating and relationships is going to affect how enthusiastic you are, how much activity that you do and how and the quality that you um, bring to that. So ha having a more positive attitude about dating and relationships means that you activate more 
of the best in other people. It means that you meet the people who are more attractive and more, um, not attractive in a physical sense, but more attractive as in they have the qualities that uh, create a more attractive relationship. Um, so we talked about personal narrative being the way that you rise, you uh, in, improve your attitude. Um, we talked about all relationships create <clears throat> create problems. So you may have problems initially in the start of dating. Um, and when you master that skill, then you're going to have a problem somewhere later. There is always going to be a problem of problems. It's we um, talked in the breakout group about um, the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset and where um, knowing that problems are something that you can resolve if you change what you do and, and it's solved between the thoughts and that and life works out and the model that we have is going to determine the problems that we face and adjusting the model that we have can prevent or resolve the problems along the way. We then looked at skills. Um, what abilities do we need to develop, improve in order to um, have better dating, dating experience and relationship experience? About what act, what relationship next year? What difference can you do to improve um, the your knowledge, skills, and confidence in terms of dating and relationships? And um, so, so what action can you take to have better relationships? So um, we cover the, quite a lot of things, um, and if you follow through these if you're listening to the recording now if you follow through and ask those questions of yourself then um you um can come up with an action plan for 2021 um in 2021 i'm um launching the relational mastery system and a relational mastery system is the habits the practices the process To, um, dating and how do you have the confidence how do you have the mind positive that results in um, better relationships how do you have the dating skills to and the um, how do you choose your partner um, and then how when you've met someone how do you develop the relationship how do you build the relationship that has less friction so the relationship Relations, relational mastery system is the process, but it's also um, has support. So it's going to have a uh, weekly masterclass, question and answer um, sessions and connection sessions. Um, and so um, that will be available soon from makerelationshipsimple.com.